What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to the Sling and Quack podcast. I'm Rusty. Joined here by Sean Larson. It's one of the best times of the year. March Madness. How psyched are you? It's time to dance. Um, I've got. I've cleared the calendar for tomorrow. I got my um, got my errands done today, so I can just post up with post up with my beer tomorrow and, and just watch the madness unfold all day. Yeah, I'm gonna have my finger on the boss button at work. That's a very handy thing to have. On it's really for those smart. Quick, for those quick pass-bys. Have you ever like dove into those and just seen like how ridiculous it is when you actually look at what's on there? Oh, it's, yeah. It's pretty comical. Yeah, it's like the scores. Yeah. It's perfect. And I actually, I'm actually managing the office pool if, if betting were legal, but there's no Ooh. money involved. There we go. So, therefore, I can pay attention to it yeah exactly it's it's justified yeah it's it's part of the job description at this point (laughs) like i went in and sharpied it on my job description yeah exactly um so we might as well just start with both of our picks to win the national championship oregon just kidding just kidding (laughs) you're going bold just kidding just kidding you say Oregon and there's just an awkward silence that comes up and I'm going to I'm going to take a stab and guess you're going Kentucky like everyone else. Uh yeah, cuz I go with what the numbers say. That always 538 loves that always Kentucky. Out in March Madness. But Whatever. No, that team that team is ridiculous this year. I'm going Let's, let's be real. I'm not even going to it doesn't matter who I pick. I'm not going to do well. Exactly. Well, and what I've seen is, you know, in these years where there's such an overwhelming favorite like Kentucky this year, if you're going to win a bracket pool, it's going to happen in those first couple rounds when, you know, so if you're, if you, if you get a little gutsy and you're picking Eastern Washington or UC Irvine or some of these popular, popular Cinderella teams in the making, that's where you can really kind of set yourself apart because if Kentucky wins the national championship, you know, no one's going to win their bracket pool in the, in the finals. It's all going to be in those early stages. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm going a different route. Uh, I'm going to be different than everyone. I'm, Aren't you cool? I, I'm, I'm going to take our Pac-12 friends, the Arizona Wildcats, to win it all. Aggressive. I've got them. I've got them beating Kentucky in the Final Four, and then I've got them 
taking down the Dukies in in the national championship game? I have Arizona making it to the Final Four to play Kentucky and losing. I'm I've having seen... to refill my bracket from memory because apparently if you fill it out on paper, it doesn't count as being able to look at it when you leave your stuff at home or at work. Yeah. Apparently, I think I was looking at it. I went back and forth on you know, Arizona and Wisconsin for that final four spot. Mm-hmm. And I really like Wisconsin, but, you know, I mean, Arizona is just, they, they've turned it up a notch. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Oregon is not a bad basketball team. They had low expectations or should I say no expectations? Zero. Season. You know, obviously picked eighth to finish in the conference and then, wound up in the Pac-12 title game they you know they weren't just some bad team that got lucky Dana Altman found a way to make it work he he brought all these guys together who had never played together you know we had what two three guys maybe from from last year's team who were actually playing significantly Elgin Cook Joseph Young and he takes these guys and he you know they're just as good if not better than last year and they almost cracked the top 25 in the final poll of the year, which is just a miracle in itself. And they were one of the hottest teams in the nation going into that Pac-12 title game. Pac-12 title game. And Arizona, they just, they, they embarrassed us. It was, it was not good. It was frustrating and pathetic and embarrassing, but you shake it off and you move on to, move on to the big dance I'm, I will always wonder if they were just too emotionally drained from the Utah win the night before they looked gassed all night Parsh I think that was a factor but I really just think Arizona is that good mm-hmm. and it's like and you know coaching and execution can go so far but at some point you hit a team that's just fundamentally better that's exactly what Arizona is because every Arizona and Oregon played the exact same number of games in the Pac-12 tournament and you know UCLA was no cakewalk for the Wildcats either so there was no really there weren't any excuses for the Ducks to be gassed they were just you know they just met their fate with the best team best team in the country I think yeah you're you love the Wildcats I'm all about the Wildcats. You're all in on the Wildcats. I will go. I'll go full zone zoo for, for back in the Pac-12 because we all know. Let's be real. Oregon, yeah, it's a toss-up with Oklahoma State. You know, you play that game ten times, they're each going to win it five times. But we got that nice collision course with, uh, with Wisconsin most likely. I mean, we could play Coastal Carolina. This could be the year it happens. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any money on it. God, I want it to be so badly. There's always those few games, though, too, where, like, the number one seed trails for a long time. Yeah. Like, until the end. And every time, like, oh, this could be it. This could be it. Like, put that alien meme up that says, I want to believe. Exactly. And it, it just, it never. You know, you've, you've got out. your, you've got your basic bracket rules of, Never pick a 16 to beat a 1 and always pick a 12 to beat a 5 because those are just consistent 
And, you know, but you look at, I mean, it's really just all these, all these 16 one matchups are is it's a chance for these, you know, these small schools, the coastal Carolinas, the Hamptons and all those schools to, to say, you know what, I, I played Kentucky and you see that guy in the NBA. Now I guarded him once in college. <laughs> that, that'll be their, their claim to fame. Yeah, like, oh man, I could have, could have been that guy. I played against him. Like how, like sometimes uh, old boxers or fighters will be like, yeah, I fought this guy who fought this guy for the title. <laughs> I knew a guy who knew a guy. Yeah, I fought this guy who went on to fight this guy. Yeah, how, how, how relevant can you keep it there and? It's like you know what the guy, he may have dropped forty points on me, but I got to guard him. Yeah, well, actually, I played uh, a sport in high school with a lot of guys who were in that Les Schwab Invitational. Oh yeah, that was a big one. And so, and they played against a team. I did not go to Lake Oswego High School, so they played against Kevin Love's team. Oh boy! And they even played like a team from. It was like one of those prep schools that's just like a basketball dynamo. Yeah. And they had like five NBA players on the roster. Like the basketball factory schools. Yeah. I forget what their exact names were, but they were like NBA guys. Yeah. And it was just ridiculous. They're like, I was like, oh, what? What was the score? And like, oh, it was bad. It was ugly. But, you know, they talk about how they played him. Yeah, exactly. Or one guy's claim to fame was, is that uh, in AAU basketball, he was dunked on by John Wall. <laughs> that was his, like, I mean, we'd be at parties and be like, yeah, I got dunked on by John Wall. I mean, you got to have some icebreaker, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> at, least, at least it's a cool story out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I played John Wall. Well, yeah, yeah, what happened? He dunked on me. There's a there's a poster. Yeah. Apparently that's what it was too. He thought he would st- stay in the lane and get a charge. Nope. It doesn't end le- doesn't end that way. No. Not at all. It does not end that way. So, do you did you make any any bold predictions in the early rounds? Any any upsets or are you going all conservative? Um, well, the games I picked I picked uh for upsets, I picked Purdue over Cincinnati. Okay. Which is a nine, so whatever. Yeah. I picked Texas over Butler. Okay. Which is an 11. Indiana over Wichita State. Okay. Which is a 10. Um, I picked Dayton over Providence. And let's see. Ole Miss over Xavier. False. I picked Xavier over Ole Miss. Okay, that's one of those yeah, ridiculous. 6-11 games. Yeah. Uh, OSU over VCU. Okay. Um, and that does it for the upsets, in the first round at least. Yeah. And since I was like fairly conservative, I don't have... You know, Usually the bracket gets, you know, you can get a little gutsy in the opening rounds, and then it every, everyone winds up with one and two seeds in the final four by the end. Oh yeah. See, I feel like I, I found that the the real trick to doing well in brackets, coming from a guy who's never won but has come close to winning multiple times, um, is the trick isn't to pick the upsets. 
it's to pick the teams that go like it's like if you're gonna pick an upset, you don't pick an upset where the your the team the team you think is going to lose could potentially go very far. Exactly. So you've got to you've got to pick those games where you know. For example, I've got my one of my gutsy ones here is is UC Irvine topping Louisville thirteen over four, but then in the next round, I've got Northern Iowa winning, and I would have I would have Northern Iowa winning that game either way. Yeah, I have so Northern Iowa winning that game too. It, it's not something where okay, you're not going to get burned. It, it's going to cost me in the end dearly. You know, it's it's. It's gutsy, but it's still in the scheme of things fairly conservative. So, right, yeah, I've got the, I've I've got the ant eaters who everyone's fallen in love with, and let's see what a, the other, all the upsets as far as like a anything with like a lower seed winning. I've got where am I going here? So I've got I've got Purdue over Cincinnati. That's the nine eight. Yeah. I've got Texas over Butler, and I've got I've got I've got Ohio State over VCU, mm-hmm. and then I've got I've got Davidson over Iowa, and I've got UCLA over SMU, and then and then you I've got really the, have UCLA over SMU. I really do. It's uh, but you know it's it's one of those picks where it could pay off or it. If it backfires, it's not going to hurt me because Iowa State is is going to. I've got Iowa State and Duke eventually. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's you could sneak a couple points. Yeah, exactly. And then and then I've got uh, I've got SF Austin over Utah because I think Utah is probably the most overrated team as far as what their seed says. They're a five, and they. I would give Oregon a five seed before I gave Utah a five seed. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's switch gears and cut to Oregon. Yeah. You picked Oregon to beat Oklahoma State. I did. Um, obviously. Obviously, mostly because it's it's an eight nine, and I'd feel really dirty picking Oklahoma State. Right. Um, I just I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to sleep as well as at night. Yeah. Um, what have I done? You create a lose-lose for yourself. Exactly. And so this way, it's it's at least, you know, it makes me feel better about myself at the end of the day. <laughs> and then uh, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those 50-50 games. You know, it could go either way. Could, mm-hmm. um, you, like I said, you play it 10 times. So you, you win it. Each team wins it five times. You know, I, I think that both teams are relatively undersized. I mean, I I haven't watched Oklahoma State this year, but I was just taking a quick a quick gander at their roster. Mm-hmm. They've got a pair of seven footers, but I looked at their minutes and they don't really play a whole lot. Uh-huh. They've, you know, they're playing a few minutes a game, five or seven minutes a game at most. So I don't really think they will be a factor at all. Um, their big guy, the Ducks are going to have to, it's this game is going to be, it's going to be Joseph Young 
against the world the world and and <laughs> oklahoma, yeah exactly oklahoma state's got a guy and i'm trying to pull up his name here again i had it pulled up where to go there we go lebron nash 31.6 minutes per game fantastic name awesome name he's got an apostrophe which is terrifying yeah exactly apostrophes and hyphens are terrifying so abdul bassett you're up yeah 17.1 points per game 5.6 rebounds per game he's i think he's about he's a six seven two thirty five so he's a big boy and uh and so i'll be i'm concerned if we can't if we don't have a guy who can who can shut him down defensively we could be in some trouble mm-hmm. but we've also got joseph young so i feel who just okay. makes stuff happen Joe, somehow it somehow it works yeah, and I don't think that necessarily like just the size of their tallest guys is really what matters in their size advantage. Mm-hmm. But they have like their six seven guy. Like he might be being guarded by someone who's six four, six five. Exactly. Like there's gonna be they're gonna have height advantages at like every position by a couple inches. Yeah. Um but I mean Oregon has always played like really fast. So that's one way to kind of negate that. That's the advantage. thing is, you know, Oregon, Oregon turns their games into a track meet, and if if Oklahoma State can't keep up, then that's obviously a big advantage for the Ducks. Uh-huh. Uh, but if they can, you know, if they can slow it down and play their game, then obviously evens out the playing fields here a bit. Um, let mm-hmm. me let me have you um, transition here into your next thought. I've got to turn off my TV real quick, which somehow just turned on itself. And is really creeping me out. Okay. So I will let you, I'll be back in just a moment here while I take care of my demon TV here. What shall I wax poetic about in the meantime? Um, let's, let's see. Let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the, the past here. Let's, let's reminisce for a moment about, 2013 when these two teams when Oregon pulled off the 12-5 upset oh man yeah I need to go look this game up I don't even remember like god this is like traveling way back in time um okay so looking at this game Oregon 68 Oklahoma State 55 uh because I was a huge Duck fan I obviously picked Oregon, being able to back my decision up with the 12-5 seed. That's why I was pumped about that one. I was like, I know who my 12-5 is this year. Yeah. Oh, look at these names. It's like traveling down history lane. <laughs> Jonathan Lloyd. Oh, yes. this is Jonathan Lloyd was on the bench. Damian Dotson and Dominic Artis were the guards. Tony Woods loved him. Was the center Arsalan Kazimi and EJ Singler? That's just that. And see, that team is when I, when I look back and you know when I'm on my deathbed, fifty, <laughs> sixty years from now, this this 2013 team is probably going to go down as my favorite Oregon team ever because really, just because I think. 
it was that was my senior year at Oregon. Okay. And so I came in as a freshman in 2009, and those were the the final days of of Matt Court when we had Garrett Sim and a young EJ Singler and who I, I can't even remember the other guy Tawan Porter of course oh yeah that, never Just, saw a three he didn't like <laughs> jacking up 35 footers whenever yeah. he pleased I think Taco made an MS Paint photo of uh, that was a meme for a while on the site and it was a, of an airplane flying through the sky and there was like an orange dot below it and that was Tawan Porter seeing a hoop somewhere. <laughs> and so he had to take a shot. It made sense. I mean, he he literally shot it from anywhere and everywhere. But but yeah, twenty so twenty thirteen that team, while we're still reminiscing on them, that was the year where my buddies and I bought tickets because the game was in San Jose. Ooh. at, I don't know if, I think it's called the SAP Center these days. I always, it does not matter. I always know it as HP Pavilion, but... It's HP, oh, I'm, whatever. I'm not, I'm not worried about accuracy here. No, uh, we're, not, we're not corporate shills. Yeah, exactly. On the SB Nation we, podcast, owned by Vox Media. <laughs> we, we bought tickets for the game a day or two before the game, and... I, I think we were planning to get there at maybe 10 a.m. or so. We had like an early afternoon tip or something, but we wanted to get there for the first game because, you know, you pay for the whole session. You want to see all the games. Yeah. And you pay for the so day. So we time it out and, you know, it's about an eight, nine hour drive down there. And so we didn't leave Eugene until about 2 or 2.30 in the morning. Classic. And... The thing I will always remember about that trip is maybe an hour or two into it, we were in like no man's land before you hit Medford where there's oh, just yeah. nothing in between Eugene and Medford at all. I know exactly that stretch. <laughs> and we were running low on gas. Oh, no. And we had to find a gas station that was open at like 3.30 in the morning. Terrible. And we, we pulled into one in some, I don't even think we were in a town. I think this was just plopped in some It was land. a literal gas station yeah. just off the side of the road. And we pulled in there with, like, the gas light on, and I've never been more stressed <laughs> watching that gas tank than, than that moment. But So I, I think I will always look, look back so fondly on that team with senior year and all the, you know, all the games at, at Matthew Knight Arena and the pit crew and, uh, you know, just... It, it was it was a fun it was a fun year. Mm-hmm. I think oh funny story since we're talking about road trips, I went to the Holiday Bowl when Masoli ran over the Oklahoma State. That was a great moment. Defensive back. I was there when that happened. That was glorious. Oh yeah, that game was amazing. There was Garrett Blunt running over people, and then there was that trick play to open the game. Yep. And. uh Man, it was, uh, I, I did a drive from Portland, Oregon, and we went down to San Diego straight. That's impressive. We started at, I think, 8 p.m. on one day and drove, like, or no, we started at, like, 
1 a.m. And we drove pretty much all day. And we got in at like 10 or something. Yeah. And I remember we were getting on I-5. And there was like all these emergency vehicles racing past us. And it looked like an oil tanker blew up in the middle of I-5. Jeez. There was literally a giant truck just on fire. Oh, my. Like a blazing fire. It looked like something out of uh, The Leftovers. <laughs> just just all sorts of sketch. Just the worst just the worst scene imaginable. Yeah. So I looked at what uh, Cowboys Ride for Free, which is the Oklahoma State blog. It says their keys to the game are avoid the slow start. I think that's accurate. I think if Oregon gets a big lead and they get in a groove, mm-hmm. that's problematic. But if they get behind, woof. Yeah. Um, someone help Nash. They're referring to LeBron Nash, who you discussed already. Plays 31.6 minutes, averages 17 points a game. Uh, he's just there, under, Joseph Young. Yeah, just under six rebounds. But he's got Phil Forte the third, cool name, who when also you, scores like 15 points a game. So it's like kind of close. Yeah, he he would join him in that ultimate name bracket too. When you have the third, the third, that that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they look like, you know, if I'm if I'm diving into this team just from a numbers standpoint, they're kind of these are the two guys that that fuel this fuel this team, and you know you you know beyond that you've got. You know, you've got some guys who look like they contribute some valuable minutes and and definitely play a role. But these these seem to be the guys that if they if they get going, Oregon can be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and Oregon that, is really dominated by like their production is really dominated by Joseph Young, who plays like thirty six minutes. The next closest guy is twenty nine and twenty eight, and like Young averages over twenty points a game, twenty point two. And then the next is Elgin Cook, who averages 13.2. Like, that's a big gap. Yeah. So, like, if I'm Oklahoma State, I'm keying in on Joseph Young. Like, I'm I'm almost saying, if you want to let Abdul Bassett and Jordan Bell, like, make the Ducks, like, basically make them have to win the game for the Ducks... I don't think that's a bad plan to go off of. It's probably their best way to go about it. I mean, you know, you, you shut down Joseph Young, and I think the rest of the team just – I think they rely on him so heavily that it's almost borderline, you know, it can be you live by Joseph Young, you die by Joseph Young, and if he goes cold, then they could they could be in trouble. And uh, mm-hmm, for sure, you know, un- unless Jaleel goes all Kyle Korver on us again and just starts popping threes like nobody's business, then we could be okay. That'd be fantastic. He's like he's like Tawan Porter, except he makes them. <laughs> Jeez, it's a good distinction. Yeah, and the uh, last that other key to the game they had was dominate the boards, and that's you know, anytime you play Oregon this year, that's the one of the first things everyone talks about is Oregon being undersized. And if you can, you know, I mean, Arizona showed it and other teams have showed it during the year. If you can, if you can win the battle on the glass, then that's going to go a long way into, into beating Oregon. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that was actually the third point that uh, Cowboys ride for free made was that they need to dominate the board and uh, remove second chance points. The, sec- the last one was someone help Nash. Apparently Phil Forte, the third, has been in a slump. Which is not the great time, not great timing. You, you don't want to be going into a slump, and when you're entering do or die games, no. And Oregon really looked like it was peaking at the end of the year, sans the Arizona game. Right. If you, you know, if you if you take out the Arizona game was was nothing but a formality, really. It, you know, got to take out the outlier to really they. Ducks might have been a, maybe it would have been a seven seed had they won that game. I don't, I don't know if they would have gotten much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, if we just pretend that game didn't happen and look at everything else, then, then in that case, I mean, Oregon would be one of the one of the scariest teams to play, and I think they still are. You know, even even outside of the Arizona loss, because I think with how with how badly they were dominated by Arizona, I think they've all kind of got a chip on their shoulder now. Mm-hmm. And if they can, you know, if they can play smart about it, that could, you know, maybe it, maybe it helps them in the end. Maybe, maybe they did need just a, you know, a good kick in the butt before, before the big dance here. Yeah, like they're just confident enough and they're just angry enough. Exactly. And because if you, if, you know, if you get too hot, you can get complacent and you can get cocky and it can come back to bite you in the ass, especially in March Madness where, where anything can happen. But every now and then, if you just get that, if you get that wake up call where it really doesn't hurt you in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think those can, I think sometimes there's more, there's more good than harm that can come out of those, especially in in this situation here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if they go on, they win. Let's assume they win. Obviously mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. Um, obviously. What are the chances of a win over Wisconsin? Well, I talked to, so I had a, I had a, a phone call chat with, uh, with Kevin O'Neill from Pac-12 Networks last week before the, um, you know, going into the Pac-12 tournament. And I asked him that very same question. I said, you know, Oregon's, it's shaping up for Oregon to probably be an eight or a nine seed. And if you get that seed, it means that you get put on a collision course with a top seed, you know, the Villanovas, the Dukes, the Kentuckys. And, And I asked him, I said, you know, if Oregon has to face a top-seeded team in the next round, saying they, you know, assuming they win, what are their chances of pulling off a massive upset and taking down a top dog early? And he said that, which I think was very true, when you have Dana Altman as a coach, who, mm-hmm. who is, you know, you take out you take out all the stuff that happens off the court and you just focus on on the court. You focus on his players he has now and what he's done with this team. You take him and you take Joe Young and this he said this team, you take those guys and this team can compete with anyone. 
And he said anyone. Wisconsin, Kentucky, Duke, you name it. He says he will be competitive. Aggressive. Which is very bold. Now, realistically, I see it <laughs> okay. I, I see it going. I wanna be optimistic and say it's it would go like that Louisville game a couple of years back mm-hmm. where Louisville was was basically this year's Kentucky and was just blowing everyone out left and right. Mm-hmm. And they were just they were steamrolling their way to a title. And if you got in your, if you were a team that got in their way, it's, you know, poor you. And Oregon, they held with them. I think they lost by like seven, maybe. It was, I think it was single digits. And mm-hmm. they wound up, they played, they played Louisville closer than anyone else in the tournament that year. And that was the smallest margin of victory for Louisville was against Oregon that year. And I'd like to be optimistic and say the same would happen in a Wisconsin-Oregon setting, but I mean, just based off of kind of what I've casually observed, Wisconsin is a team where this year where you could pick them to win the national title and no one would, aside from the, oh, you're not picking Kentucky conversation, once that passes, wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. No. They could... They could very easily be a Final Four team or a team in the national championship or even win it all. And, you know, do, so do I, do I think Oregon stands a chance in that game? No. I, I, wish, I wish they did, but if I was stepping back and if I was being objective, being objective, then I would say Wisconsin would cruise to a victory by, you know, 15 20 points probably but i think i think kevin o'neill has a point i think i think it's very valid that when you know when you have dana altman and you have joe young and you have these type of guys they can be competitive with anyone but at the same time wisconsin is just so far above them Mm -hmm. so i pulled up the bracket predictor on espn Mm -hmm. which gives us Four, mo- uh, five models of which to uh, assess the probabilities of wins. So, the decision tree model is, quote, leverages hundreds of team stats and contextual game information. Chances of a Ducks win, 12%. Oof. The power ratings model analyzes each team's scoring margins and schedule strength. Oregon's chances of winning, 13%. Similar games model. Based on results of past games between statistically similar teams, Oregon's chance of winning, 17%. Better, better. (laughs) We're on the up. Uh, Simulation model, driven by advanced play-by-play computer simulation of game. 10%. 10%. So wrong wrong direction. But this one, this is the one. This next so, one. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. Seed difference. Historical tournament win odds for teams with seed difference of 7. 27%. Oh, there we go. There we I'll, go. I'll take those odds. Yeah. I'm down. All right. You're telling me we play Wisconsin four times, we win one of those times? I'm down. That's all that's all you need is one. Cool. Sounds good to me. 
totally fine with that. All right. At the end of the day, you know, like I said, this was a team that had zero expectations before the year. As long as we just come out and look respectable on whatever it is, I think we're on TBS. I don't don't think we get the true TV treatment, but as long as we come out and look... Not all of us are as fortunate. As long as we come out and just look respectable, I will... I have already chalked this season up as a massive success. Oh, for sure. You know, it's if, not even close. If we lost by 30, I would brush it off at the end of the day and say, well, we still got here. And if you would ask me in November where this team was, I would say we wouldn't even, we'd be turning down a CBI bid. Hell, I don't even know if we'd be offered a CBI bid if he asked me back in November. Oh, yeah. But, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking this was a total wash. I was I was chatting with my friend before the year and and I, I legitimately said I, I said I would not be surprised if this was a team that we saw that, that lost twenty games. And, oh yeah, easy. You know. They they surprised us all, but it uh it panned out. One um one random story I, I, I saw on social media today. So they're playing We're recording this on Wednesday. What's that? I just said that for everyone listening. We're yeah. recording this on Wednesday. Um, there was saw something on social media where you know, of course, the Ducks got to got to Omaha, and uh, you know, Dana Altman with his his Creighton ties and everything, and and they're saying, you know, so they're on the bus, right? They're on the the charter bus coming from the airport, going to their hotel, and. Uh, They've got this older driver, a guy who is apparently from out of town because they drive by CenturyLink Center, which is where Creighton plays. And, mm-hmm. of course, Dana Altman and all of his time with Creighton. And the driver, apparently completely oblivious to who Dana Altman was, points over there and says, oh, you see that? That's CenturyLink Center over there. Do you know Creighton plays there? It's pretty funny. And... I'm sure Dana just had a had a nice chuckle about that. Apparently, he's which doesn't surprise me. He's still a you know a local celebrity around those parts, so I'm sure it's got to be nice for him to go down old memory lane and yeah, go back to his roots there. Yeah, I hope he played really dumb. Like, oh really? What's Creighton? Had to had to just play it off all. Politely. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. So all right. Do you have uh, any closing comments? May may the odds ever be on our favor this this week here. I'm doing the three fingers up thing right now. Yep. Roll tide. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we we yeah, final final predictions. We will we will beat Oklahoma State. We'll be semi competitive against Wisconsin. We'll think we stand a fighting chance at halftime and then we'll have a a somber awakening in the second half and then we will brush it off and look at it in perspective and realize that we we got to got to where we are and and I think this will be a very a very talented team in the future too. I don't think we're seeing even with the loss of Joseph Young, I don't think we're gonna see any rebuilds coming soon. I don't think we're gonna see any down years. I think Dana what he has proved 
this year is that he is a master of working with what he has. Mm-hmm. And I, I expect, I expect another, another tournament trip next year. So Ooh. I could get used to these, these tournament trips, bold predictions there, bold moves. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at the Sling and Quag podcast. Uh, we're out right now. That was a lot of quack we just doled out. But next week, we're going to have even more. You know, hopefully, I I think Oregon will beat Oklahoma State and lose to Wisconsin. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. We could have so much quack next week to talk about. They they call it March Madness for a reason, so I, I will welcome the madness with open arms. Yeah, hopefully... Hopefully that's us. All right, so that'll do it for me, Rusty Ryan, and Sean Larson. Talk to you guys later. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.